I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. We got a very special guest in the house today, Natalie Taylor from the band Taylor Red. Is going to be with us. We did an interview, uh, a whole webinar with Natalie um, several months back about their success on TikTok because they are absolutely killing it on TikTok. She and her sisters have a band called Taylor Red. And so she's going to give you some tips on how to succeed with your social media, particularly Instagram and TikTok. And I think you'll learn a lot. I know I did. So we'll dive right into the interview. Uh, the whole interview is available on the Songtown website, um, so we'll play part of it here, and then if you want to listen to the rest, it'll be on the Songtown website. Our special guest is Natalie Taylor. She's part of a band with her sisters. They're triplets, and um, they're they're called Taylor Red because their name's Taylor, and they have red hair. <laughs> so it all makes sense. Um, but they have 5 million followers on TikTok, which is extraordinary. And so I called her the other day. I was like, okay, talk to me. Tell me what, tell me what you're doing. And it was so fascinating that I thought you guys would love to hear it as well. So um, first of all, if you want to tell us just a little bit about you, and then I'll just dive into the questions I have that I think people would be interested in. Okay. Awesome. Hey y'all. I'm Natalie. Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, Me and my sister started TikTok or I think January of last year, but we didn't really like post on it or anything. And then like COVID hit, of course. And so um, we were like, oh, we need to get on TikTok. And so I think we really started heavily like in March. And since then, um, now we have over 5 million TikTok followers. So, and I just wanted to say this, like anybody can go viral on TikTok. I've seen all ages, all types of people, um, and everybody just to find like their unique niche, you know, and, and you might have multiple niches or whatever. So uh, this is very possible. It's very lucrative and it is the best decision. I think that me and my sisters have made in our career, musical career, brand career of our lives. So I really hope that y'all can take something from this. That's awesome. So you, I didn't realize that you just started in March, really? Yeah. 20? Yeah. Oh, that's extraordinary. All right. So like when you, cause I think most people that'll be on here tonight are, are kind of like, well, like I have one follower on TikTok, so I've, I've started, <laughs> but I haven't really made a lot of progress. So like, wh- where do you start? You start by, it'd be good if you could like build up your account a little bit with followers. I know like we posted like to our Instagram, like y'all go follow us on TikTok before you can post your first video. To me, I think that's the best way because your um, account can be a zombie account if you don't have any views like on your first video and then you just need to start over because it's just, they call it a zombie account. It's not going to get any views after that. So I would definitely, if you have other social medias, you have an email campaign, you have a text campaign, whatever you have to try to build like some followers first. I think we built like a couple hundred first and that helped like our first video go more viral. You know, and it all depends on like your first five videos on how viral your account could potentially be somewhat. If, even if you only had a couple hundred videos on your first one, don't sweat it, it's fine. But, cause we only had a, probably 400 like on our first video. And so like you can always grow and stuff, but it's really good like those first five videos, if you can get them as high as you can the first five. So you wanna get followers before you post a video? I think that's the best way to do it. Um, you don't have to get like an astronomical amount. I just think 
any amount that you can get before you actually post would definitely help your account authority. Good. So that I, I haven't posted any videos, so I'm on the right track there with my one follower. I just need to yes. build a follower. <laughs> yeah. So what, like, what did you guys do as your first post? Our first post, like, like I said, we, when we started in January, we were just like on the way to church. And like we said, like saying something really quick, it was like TikTok and harmony, like the word TikTok. Um, and like I said, it only got like 400 views, but it was actually like one of our top, like probably five videos we posted at the beginning. But our first video that actually went viral may have been like 20 videos later or something. Like when we started doing it in March, we only posted like three videos before March, I think. But um, our first video to go viral was actually like a prank. Like I was doing my makeup in the mirror and my sister had like this fake bow and arrow and she started the video with this shh. And like, if you notice, if you're on TikTok a lot, you see everybody does this shh because they want to know what's coming because if they know something's coming at the end, they'll watch it to the end. And so you want a caption that says, wait for it or her reaction at the end or, oh my gosh, that just happened. Something like that where like they watch it at the end and we usually put like, did it blank at the end? Something like to that extent. And we got like 30,000 videos and I mean, 30,000 views in like 24 hours or something. So that was like a big deal at the time. So, yeah. So the first one was just a funny video. Yeah. Well, yeah, the first one that went viral was just a prank. And what do you call viral? How many views is viral? Um, it was viral for us at the time was 30,000 views and we didn't have a lot of followers. So I would consider like, you know, over 30, I mean, 30,000 ish or 50,000 ish. I would consider that viral if you don't have like a ton of followers. Okay. And so then how did you start kind of defining what you needed to be doing at, you know, like in subsequent videos? Um, we tried a bunch of different things. Our biggest thing that we did in March and COVID, we, we posted 12 videos a day. And I think that's so important for you to set a goal of how many videos you can post a day. Because the more videos you post a day, the more followers you're going to get. You may not get as many views on some of the videos, but I think it helps you figure out what works for your page. Like if you have one of the 12 go viral, then I would do that video type again, for sure. And you could even tweak it, make it you know, a little more extra at the end or something like that. So I know this one guy was talking about, it, he said, just, it really helps you develop like what your niche is and you have to find a niche because you're building followers off of that niche and your followers that come follow you because of that niche want more of that niche. And if you um, put more of that niche out there, then they're going to like it. And when you post a video, it goes into like a pool of your followers. Um, so if like you have more followers and you have a bigger pool, um, so, but if you don't like have any, it's going to go to like 600 people and it depends on like those first 600 people, how they respond to the video. So if you have a lot of followers and they respond to your video positively, because it's like something else that's already went viral on your page, then it's more likely to get go viral more. That makes sense. Okay. You keep saying things that make me have 10 more questions. Um, <laughs> so, well, first of all, let's go back real quickly to when you were talking about watch until the end. So what, what are the links of videos you can put on TikTok. So 15 to 60 seconds, you can do like a 15 second video, 60 second, but you can do it anything between 60 seconds. Okay. Anything between 15 and 60. Yeah. And and you get more plays in the algorithm if you if they watch it to the end. And right? Yes. And I definitely recommend if you can find a niche like one of our videos recently, now it has over 160 million views. Because it's almost um, 
60 seconds long, but we posted like the end of the prank at the beginning where like, it looked like, like my finger was getting chopped off or something and like blood was everywhere, but it was only on there for like three seconds. So they had to watch the whole video and it was like probably 45 to 50 seconds to get to that beginning part that was like the shock factor again. So you're almost like tricking the people into if they want to see that one little clip again, they have to watch the whole thing again. So I feel like a like a more viral videos is longer, but I've seen videos with like seven seconds have like millions of views. So mm -hmm. it just depends what works for you, I think. And then you were talking about you put little things in the video saying, wait, watch for the end or surprise ending. Yes. So where at what point do you put those things? Um, in the caption, I would put it. I don't like usually to put like text boxes. A lot of people put text boxes and that works for you or them or whoever it is, I would, if text boxes, I would try putting text boxes. You could even put like OMG her reaction or something like that in the text box. Like, oh my gosh, can't believe this. Or something like, you know what I'm talking about? Like a text box is like the text actually over the video at the top. Okay. You okay. can put like text in the video and it'll be like her reaction or his reaction or something. Mm -hmm. You could put that at the top of the video and you could try like posting a video with that at the top and then posting one without it and then posting that same thing in a caption and see what works better for your page. It's all like trial and error. Does that make sense? So what's the difference in a caption? So I'm a great interviewer for this because I know okay. almost nothing. Okay. Um, so what's the difference in a caption and the text box? Okay. A caption is like on TikTok. Let me see if I can pull it up right now. Like when you post a video, um, like on this one, let me see if I, if you can, see, I don't know if you can see it from there, but it's like right here and like, let me see if I can get it like right here at the bottom. A text box would be like up here in your video, like yeah. right here. That's a question, but see like there's, there's like a box right uh -huh. there. That's yep. like a text box. Okay. Does that make you're sense? You're saying experiment with those and see which one works better for you. Yeah. I always feel like the text box makes your um, TikTok a little more like you're forcing people to watch it, but I've seen a lot of people where it works on their pages. It just hasn't really worked on our page a lot. Gotcha. The captions work better for us, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So then now let's talk about the niche, like you're talking about finding your niche. Uh -huh. So um, let's first talk about what you guys found as yours. And then I have some specific questions for like songwriters, I think will be helpful too. Okay. Awesome. Um, like I said, our first video that went viral was like the prank thing. People love us like praying, playing pranks on people on each other, just being like the sister dynamic. But like people love pranks in general on TikTok, like family members, like, you know, some of y'all, y'all could prank your sons, you could prank, you know, your dads, whatever, like your grandma, like people love pranks. And I don't know why. And they're so silly. So like that was one of the first things that went viral for us. Um, we sang with like mini microphones. Um, you know, um, when then we would say like, guess who's singing and it was like these mini microphones, they would go viral. Um, one of our things that we don't do anymore, but it was Siri versus Southern accent and like Siri would say something and then we would say it and those would go viral. Um, now, uh, one, one thing that goes viral is like, which we, um, dip food in like different sauces and then whoever gets like the bad sauce usually gets it at the end because people have to watch it all the way to the end to see one of us get something nasty. So people like to see you suffer on TikTok, basically. <laughs> uh -huh. So you're just doing, a lot of it's just doing stuff to entertain people, right? Yes, definitely. And we try to incorporate, a lot of y'all, I'm sure, are musicians and stuff. And we incorporate songs like um, 
Nyga does like the mini microphone thing. Like I was saying, we even have like a blow up microphone where she can sing. You can prank people in the car. Like um, if she's singing and like we stop the stereo, um, well stereo, that's like such an old term, but stop like it on Spotify or whatever. And then like, she's still singing. So it's almost like a prank, but you can mix music into like the pranks and stuff like that. Like the best way that we're like, I like doing because we're musicians and we want people to know that we're a band is to incorporate music into like your niche. Like, um, just like the prank thing. And like the other day, Nika was in the car and she didn't know I was videoing her while she was singing. She really did. Everything's set up on fake, um, TikTok, y'all. So just let me put that out there. It's all fake. Everybody's is fake. Um, but anyways, I set her up in the car. She was like singing along, doing all these like diva motions. And um, she didn't know that she, she, I called her at the end, you know, so that was a prank. So whatever way, and I would follow other TikTokers that have like good ideas and that get like millions of views and copy what they do. Don't copy people that don't got a lot of views just because you like like their account or something or like they're cool or whatever. I would copy people when they get lots of views. And if they're cool, that's great too, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, cause after you and I talked the other day, I, I went and I just looked through some people's profiles and saw things that were going viral and that kind of thing. And I saw, you know, like there was one girl that was, she's singing in her car and they're all songs about breakups, you know? Yeah. And, and that's kind of her deal. And and then there's another guy whose wife would, he would be opening the refrigerator and she'd say, Brad Paisley. And he would sing something, imitate Brad Paisley, or she would go, Luke Combs. Yeah. And, and so he's kind of, it looks like on the spot he's doing this, but I'm sure they set it all up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I love like that you mentioned that because P TikTok loves like not set up like that. It doesn't look set up. So like him opening the refrigerator and catching him off guard, even though it's planned, will do a lot better than him like singing behind like this professional backdrop, his song, you know, so definitely like watch TikTok a lot, see what other people do and do what TikTok does. Gotcha. So uh, one person asked uh, when you said they're lucrative, how do they pay? Okay. Not like TikTok, yeah, yeah. TikTok is amazing. They pay TikTok creators per view. So if you have, I think it's, it might be over 10,000 followers or a thousand followers. I need to look that up for y'all, but um, you can join the creator fund. And so I'm not sure how many um, million views I'm gauging it. They, they base it off of likes and comments and stuff on the video too. But I know like when we get like four million views on a video, it's around like a hundred dollars or more. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it can really add up over the month. Mm -hmm. And then also brands pay us to do TikToks and brands reach out to us. So that's very lucrative. Um, also different platforms, like we can push them to Instagram and grow our Instagram. Right now we're starting a podcast and all of this is based off our TikTok following. Um, so it's really amazing. And we're pushing them over to our YouTube channel, which now we're trying to monetize as well. And so like, it's kind of opened up a whole like brand um, thing for us to build our brand and to push these 5 million TikTok followers over to our other medias. So. So if you were consulting with a songwriter on developing their brand as a songwriter, what would be some creative ideas you might recommend? Um, for TikTok, right? Uh -huh. um, I would recommend... I guess one thing we did with our, oh yeah, another way to monetize um, to through TikTok Live, people send you gifts. If you go live on TikTok, I think you have a thousand followers, but we actually um, did like a co-write with all of our um, 
TikTok live people, which was really fun. Um, I think 10,000 people usually come in and out. So it's almost like a 10,000 way ride and everybody was given, you know, um, suggestions and stuff. If, if you're a writer, it might be good to like incorporate your fan base and they love to be a part. They love to be on a team, establish an army. Ours is called the Taylor Red Army. These people, when I go live, like they're the ones who's, who do everything like we ask like super fans like we're like oh go follow us here they're there they comment on every social media thing so going live on tiktok is like to to really build that like very crazy fan base it's awesome but yes to answer your question songwriters you could i love like the tip the thing you were saying about like sing a song about randy travis well you could have somebody come up to you and be like um sing a song about an orange you know or something or um, sing a song about, and then they could change to like sing a song about a banana, you know, and try to merge it up kind of like a prank or on the spot. That's like random. Um, and I love like the girl that was, um, that's, I think you wrote a song for her or something that was going viral, mm -hmm. um, on your page. She had like a million views, like in one day or something, which is so crazy, especially for her follower base, which we didn't have that many millions of views, you know, starting out. So she's got a great future on TikTok. But definitely how she introduced the song, I thought that was amazing. And um, it really tugged the heartstrings of like the TikTok audience of that base. It's like usually probably like 12 to 16 year old girls. And so like she was like, I forgot what she said, but it was something about heartbreak and about her song and how something relatable those girls could relate with. And she introduced her song that she wrote before she actually played it, which was very genius, I think. Yeah, I know in one of them she just did, she says, you know, if a boy's being wishy-washy with you, he's not your boyfriend, he's a friend boy. And then she sings yes. a song called Friend Boy that she did, you know. Exactly. Something that would get their attention, you know, that's like grab their attention in the first three seconds and they're sold, you know. So mm -hmm. I think that first three seconds, because if you know on TikTok, people just swipe through the FYP page. And like, I know when I'm scrolling, I swipe fast, like something's got to grab my attention, like super fast. So if it's not like going to get me quick, then I'm gone, you know, to something else. All right, we'll stop the interview there because we don't want to take up your whole day with the podcast. I hope you learned some stuff. Um, you know, I think just the frequency of posting and being entertaining and coming up with your own kind of little niche is probably the, the key to success on TikTok and any of the social media like that. If you're not aware of Songtown, Songtown is a worldwide community of songwriters. We have all kinds of educational opportunities, opportunities to connect, get your music heard. And I'm going to play you the audio of a video that Clay Mills did uh, that's on the Songtown website called Finding the Heart of the Song. And I think you'll enjoy. Yesterday I got a text from a Songtown member who had heard me talking at a workshop about how I like to switch during a writing session and play piano for a while, maybe play guitar for a while, and, and switch back and forth. And so his question to me was, how do I know what a song needs? How do I know when a song should be a piano song? And how do I know if I should switch over and, and maybe finish it on guitar? And, you know, there's really not... A hard fast rule for any of this thing called songwriting um, but I will say this you have to learn to trust your gut and you have to listen to the song um, what I what I mean by that is songs will whisper to you you know it they'll tell you what they need and the better we get 
at letting go of what we think a song needs and listening for that whisper that that song is giving us of what it needs. Now, sometimes it's not easy to hear that whisper. Sometimes it feels like a song is whispering to you in a windstorm and you're having a hard time figuring it out. And that's why sometimes I like to switch back and forth between instruments. If I get stuck playing a song on guitar, maybe if I head over to the keyboard and and beat around on the same melody, then maybe that'll spark a new direction. All right, that's it for today. Um, We'd love to have new music featured on our podcast, so if you have a song that you'd like to be featured, uh, you can send that to podcast at songtown.com. And uh, please include in there information about your co-writers and that they have signed off on us using it in the podcast as well. And if all the co-writers are cool with that, uh, and it's a great song, we would love to feature it. Um, We'd encourage you to check out songtown.com. You can give us your email and get 10 free videos to kind of see what it's all about. Uh, You can talk to other members and uh, see what they're learning and how they're connecting. We've got information in the show notes about Songtown and about uh, several books that we've written. Clay just released a new book on mastering melody writing, which is really great. So check all that stuff out in the show notes. We will see you next Tuesday.